from iHeart Podcasts, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. man cd the fallen angel christopher daniels now i'm not just a world traveled professional wrestler and the man with the perfect shaped head to be bald for the rest of his life i'm also the head of talent relations for all elite wrestling and as such i am not allowed to lie it's in my contract so when i tell you that mike denaro and the wrestling delorean podcast is available every monday wednesday and friday you know i'm telling you the truth now mike talks about classic wwf WCW, ECW, and TNA reviews, as well as doing modern news for AEW, WWE, Impact Wrestling, New Japan, and all the things that are happening in the world of professional wrestling today. So why don't you give it a listen and just remember that Christopher Daniels was the one that sent you, and uh, enjoy the podcast. Take care, everyone. What up, what up? Welcome to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. This is episode 265. I'm your host, Mike De Niro, and we have a super stack show for you today. Uh, it's been a while since I've been on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. It's been two weeks. Um, your boy been suffering with COVID, and COVID kicked my motherfucking ass. But it's 
all good because I am back here and I am feeling as better than ever. And I'm ready to get into some wrestling action. Um, as announced yesterday on the Circle of Debate, going forward, the Wrestling DeLorean podcast will solely really focus on classic old school reviews. We're going to save my opinions and my thoughts for the modern reviews and modern day wrestling for the circle of debate. And, you know, that will allow me to have more time to do more cool shit here on the wrestling DeLorean podcast. So that's what today is all about, because today we're going to be starting a journey, a journey that I've been wanting to start on the DeLorean for a while and that is to go back in time and cover every single Ring of Honor show. Now, Ring of Honor, I've mentioned it numerous times on this platform on Circle of Debate. Ring of Honor is a company that saved my fucking fandom for professional wrestling. And I'm going to tell you why. But first, I got to say what up to the South Philly Psycho already in the building. I appreciate you being here, homie. Thank you. Uh, I want that hat. This is this. We, we don't have for sale yet, but this is a custom buy. Lady De Niro. So hopefully, you know, soon we'll have a LOG store up. But if you want, you could cop your Wrestling DeLorean podcast merchandise now on the Circle of Debate Teespring. So check this out. Anyway, check out the merchandise, Circle Debate, and Wrestling Glory Podcast merchandise. Um, but yeah, so Ring of Honor is a company that basically saved my fandom for professional wrestling. Uh, roughly around 2007-ish, I started to fall out of love with the product. I was not a big fan of what WWE had going on. Um, I was severely heartbroken by the fact that ECW came back and was an absolute trash the WWE ECW basically shit on everything that made me a fucking fan of ECW. So that was a big like shot to the heart and made me not want to watch wrestling. Um, I was watching TNA. I was a big fan of TNA, especially in 2007. So that was one company that kept it alive. And we're going to be discussing more TNA on this channel because I also announced yesterday that soon, probably next week, we're going to be adding our classic TNA reviews to the wrestling DeLorean as well, but baby steps. We'll get there. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of fell out of love with the product and I just stopped watching. So roughly about four to five months of me not watching professional wrestling. I was watching. I forgot what pay-per-view I was watching. I think to be honest, it might have been a D12 concert, right? The old D12, Eminem's rap group. They had a concert. It was on pay-per-view. I ordered the pay-per-view, and it was a good show, all right? But, you know, after the pay-per-view ends, usually they show, like, previews of what's to come. And I saw a preview to a wrestling show that I never even heard of called Ring of Honor, and the show was for a pay-per-view called Man Up. And... They show it was a taped pay per view. It wasn't a live pay per view for Ring of Honor. It was a taped pay per view, but they showed highlights of a ladder match that you could see on this pay per view between Kevin Steen and El Generico versus the Briscoe Brothers. 
at the time, I didn't know any of those four gentlemen. And I just was like, yo, this looks like absolute crazy ass shit. Like the spots that they were showing on the little preview was insane. And then they showed a bloody Brian Danielson and a bloody Nigel McGuinness just headbutting the shit out of each other. And I, I didn't know who they were either. So I was intrigued. I ordered the pay-per-view. I believe it was like $9.99. And I was absolutely blown away. On that show, like I said, you had the ladder war, the very first ladder war between the Briscoes versus Kevin Steen and El Generico. You had Brian Danielson versus uh, Nigel McGuinness. You had Claudio Castagnoli versus Takashi Morishima. You had Davey Richards versus Roderick Strong. And all these matches blown me away. And I'm like, yo, I got to watch more Ring of Honor. And that I did. I went on Ring of Honor's website. I purchased a bunch of DVDs. I must have about at least 250 Ring of Honor DVDs. I have a whole closet filled of wrestling DVDs. And I have a other closet filled of just Ring of Honor DVDs. So a lot of ROH, you know what I mean? I just fucking dove deep into the product. They were coming to New York a lot. So I went to a lot of Ring of Honor shows. I must have went to maybe like 40 or 50 Ring of Honor shows. Um, I was always trying to travel to go see Ring of Honor. Like I fell in love with the Ring of Honor product. So Ring of Honor is a company that I hold very near and dear to my heart. I, I literally was fucking heartbroken when I thought last year they were going out of business. You know, you got the hope of them restarting under Tony Khan, and I am excited to see what Tony Khan does with the Ring of Honor show. But he did mention, he did mention Honor Club, and Honor Club is the platform where Ring of Honor has their video library. I subscribed, and I went back, and I watched the era of Honor Begins, and it made me say, you know what? I'm going to fucking pull the trigger. I'm going to go on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. I'm going to cover every single Ring of Honor show from 2002, the inception, all the way to the modern day. I am going to go down that journey. And here we are. Very first episode, Ring of Honor, the era of honor begins. We're going to be covering that today. And we're going to be covering show number two, the Round Robin Challenge. But first, before I do that, I got to give a big shout out to our sponsors at manscaped.com. Put it in the promo code DeLorean, capital D-E-L-O-R-E-A-N, and get 20% off on all your Manscaped needs. Ladies, the holidays are coming up. Christmas is literally next week. So why not treat your man to the lawnmower? Treat your man to some ball deodorant. Treat your man to the fucking weed whacker. And when you do, 20% off using the promo code DeLorean. Big shout out to the big homie. The boss is in the building. Ivan, I appreciate you being here, homie. Yes, he is back and better than ever. Most definitely, man. I appreciate you always holding it down. ROH 2002, let's go. And you came at the perfect time because we're about to get into that motherfucker right now. Ring of Honor. The error of honor begins. For those who are unfamiliar of the history of Ring of Honor, this show was brought to you by RF Videos. Rob Feinstein, the um, he, he was the video distributor of ECW. And when ECW ran out, went out of business, 
his company started to struggle because the majority of Rob Feinstein's profits came from people purchasing ECW DVDs and videos. And when ECW stopped producing shows, he stopped producing money. So that's when he started the, the shoot interviews, the R video shoot interviews, but that wasn't pulling in enough money. So he figured if we are not making money from ECW DVDs, maybe we could make the next ECW and we'll start distributing our own show DVDs on our video. So he got together with Gabe Sapolsky, who was the protege of Paul Heyman in ECW. And they put together Ring of Honor. So this show was the brainchild of Gabe Sapolsky and Rob Feinstein and is basically the predecessor of ECW. Everybody out there who's like, oh, what's the new ECW? Is it GCW, CZW, this, that, and the third? The direct correlation of what ECW would have became and what it ended up becoming is Ring of Honor. So there is a evolution of promotions where ECW became Ring of Honor. And in many different interviews, Paul Heyman said, if ECW would have stayed in business, then he would have changed the style to what Ring of Honor ended up becoming. And he already had his eyes on bringing in a Samoa Joe, bringing in Loki, bringing in CM Punk, bringing in Christopher Daniels, bringing in, uh, who else? You had American Dragon, Brian Danielson. So Paul Heyman was already going to bring all these guys in. What was Ring of Honor? Who was the early roster of Ring of Honor? Everyone I just mentioned. So ECW basically would have evolved into what Ring of Honor became. So that's why I also feel very near and dear to Ring of Honor because everybody already knows how much I fucking love ECW. Ring of Honor basically is the predecessor of ECW. So here we go. Era of Honor Begins. Show took place on February 23rd, 2002 from the Murphy Rec Center in South Philadelphia. Shout out to the South Philly Psycho. Dom, if you're still in the chat, let me know. Have you ever seen a show at the Murphy Rec Center? Because Ring of Honor, that was the home of Ring of Honor in the first year. They they ran that Murphy Rec Center like it was their only venue. But yeah, Murphy Rec Center, Philadelphia, opening matchup, we get a very young, a 18-year-old Jay Briscoe versus the Amazing Red. Now, this matchup, Basically, let everybody know what the Ring of Honor style was going to be because this was high, fast-paced action. This is the first time a lot of these fans saw The Amazing Red. This is before. If you really want to... Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... 
I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcasts, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We We just just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Look about timelines. This is before the X Division. This is before TNA was even a thing. TNA didn't come out till June of this year. This is February. And we have guys like the Amazing Red and Jay Briscoe putting on an X Division style matchup here. Really good matchup. There was a moment where Amazing Red goes for a Huracurana and Jay reverses it into a Jay Driller and only for a two count. Absolutely fucking crazy ass spot. Uh, really good matchup. Like I said, the amazing red wins with the red alert, also known as the infrared. And then he hit a shooting star press. Insane, insane, insane action to start us off. Good matchup. The amazing red is the winner of the inaugural matchup in ring of honor history. So that's going to go down in history books. Ivan says, this was a banger match. I do remember this match. Hell yeah. Young as Jay Briscoe, 18 year old Jay Briscoe versus 18 year old, amazing red. These, these were children. They were kids. And they put on a fucking massive... They were given a spot to be the first matchup in Ring of Honor history. That showed you that Ring of Honor was going to focus on young talent and developing talent. Because when I talk about some of the names that are on this show and on the next show, I'm talking about big stars. Huge stars. And they gave the ball to the young talent to show that this is the future. Next matchup on the show, we had two guys who, in 2001, had breakout years in the independence, especially for Jersey All-Pro. You had Xavier versus the Black Nature Boy, Scoot Andrews. This was a pretty solid matchup, nothing too special. 
Uh, like I said, it was it was solid. Xavier definitely is being built up as the star here. Uh, he's going to be sticking around where Scoot Andrews is coming here for just a one shot. But Scoot Andrews did put on a good match, but Xavier was just a little too much for him, and he picks up the victory here on the very first Ring of Honor show. Dom says, I don't think they ever had a show at the rec center until Ring of Honor. 2000, well, at, until Ring of Honor. 2300 was being renovated at the time. Murphy Rec Center was like the local spot in the public pool, maybe a concert or two. I mean, yeah, I, I believe they, I believe Ring of Honor basically was the first to run it and then shows started to run after that. But yeah, Ring of Honor basically made that their home in the beginning. So very interesting that they, they did that. I know there's like other venues in Philly that they could have went to, but they picked the rec center and it, it fit the vibe of the early Ring of Honor days. Hell yeah, let's get it. My boy, Tim King in the building. What's up, TK? Appreciate you being here, homie. Next matchup, we're going to take you back with some of these names. I don't know if you guys were familiar with the Independence back in 2002, but I'm taking you back with some of these names because we had the Natural Born Sinners, which was the team of Homicide and Boogaloo, and they went against the Boogie Knights, Danny Drake and Mike Tobin. The Natural Born Sinners were wrestling in these orange jumpsuits basically the vibe of being these gangsters but also could stretch you they are technical wrestlers but also could brawl uh steve carino who was on commentary said that they could either stretch you or stab you so i, I like the whole gimmick of the natural born sinners really cool to see homicide this early in his career big fan of homicide homicide's a friend of the podcast if you haven't already go back into the wrestling delorean podcast archives and Check out the interview I had with Homicide where he talks about this matchup and his debut for Ring of Honor. So really interesting stories that he told there. You want to check that out. This matchup was really good, but in the end, Homicide and Boogaloo were just too hardcore for the Boogie Knights, and the match got thrown out. Like I said, this was the child of ECW, but it wasn't ECW, so it wasn't anything goes. So there was rules, and those rules were not adhered to by the Natural Born Sinners. The match gets DQ'd. Um, they get pissed off at this, and Homicide pulls out a fucking fork, and he stabs the shit out of referee H.C. Loke. And I don't mean fucking working. They fucking zoomed up on the camera, and you saw the fork digging into this man's fucking forehead. So Homicide and Boogaloo are out here for fucking blood. They're bringing a hardcore style to Ring of Honor, and I'm all for it. Um, after the matchup, we go backstage where the referee is being tended to, and he says that he's not going to take this shit. He said, I'm a trained professional wrestler. I'm not here to be a fucking referee. So I'm not scared of homicide and boogaloo. I'm not scared of the natural born sinners. He makes a phone call and says, next time I'm in ring of honor, I'm coming with backup and we're taking the natural born sinners out. So I'm very curious to see who was on the other side of that phone. Next up, we have the ECW legend, Mikey Whipwreck come out. And he introduces his students who he's been training. And these students are also now the trainers at the House of Glory school, which I am. I also was trained by House of Glory. So really cool to see my wrestling trainers, Amazing Red and Brian XL on this show. But Michael Ripbreck introduces his students. He said that they're here to show what he taught them. So we have a six-man trios matchup. The SAT and Amazing Red, who's pulling double duties because this is the second match he has tonight. They're going against Quiet Storm and Brian XL. 
this was just high flying craziness. Like these motherfuckers just were going balls to the wall. Shit that no one ever seen at this point. Like I said, this is pre TNA. This is pre the X division. TNA did not innovate this style with the X division. They just put it on a broader scale because ring of honor fucking four months before TNA even started had guys like amazing red and SAT and quiet storm pulling out fucking shooting stars to the outside and all the shit that they were taking what the cruiserweight division was in WCW and bringing it up a notch. And I love that ring of honor was really pushing this as the new style of professional wrestling. Really cool shit. In the end though, quiet storm and Brian XL pick up the victory when quiet storm pins Jose Maximo. Next up, we have towel boy who was a boy who was cleaning the ropes with a towel. He went against Prince Nana who is all over your screens nowadays with the embassy. Prince Nana, a Ring of Honor legend. This was a, basically a squash match, though. Prince Nana was pretty unrecognizable. Prince Nana looked like he was pushing almost 300 pounds. He was a big dude. So I was like, whoa. When you see Prince Nana now on AEW television, you would not recognize Prince Nana. So definitely go back and check out Prince Nana here. The guy was like 300 pounds, but this was a squash match. One, two, three. Quick win. One thing that Ring of Honor was doing on this show was they were showcasing different wrestling schools and what students were graduating from those wrestling schools. So like I said, you had Mikey Whipwreck with SAT, with Brian XL, with uh, Quiet Storm, and with Amazing Red. You also had the Texas Wrestling Academy, which was ran by Rudy Boy Gonzalez and the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels at the time. And they had a four-way dance of their top four students, who was Spanky, a.k.a. Brian Kendrick, Michael Shane, who is the cousin of Shawn Michaels. Some of you may have remembered him in TNA as Matt Bentley, uh, arrested by the name of Oz, and arrested by the name of Akita. Um, Akita and Oz were basically non-factors in this matchup, but Spanky and Michael Shane beat the shit out of each other. Um, in the end, Spanky picks up the victory and earned himself a Ring of Honor contract. So Ring of Honor now said that you will see Spanky on every show going forward. So I think that that's really cool because Brian Kendrick is hella talented. Really good matchup here. Now, remember how I said there was a lot of names, big names that Ring of Honor had. And they're showcasing all this talent, right? The biggest names that they got was in this next matchup. For the IWA Intercontinental Champion in Puerto Rico, we have ECW legend, the insane luchador, super crazy, versus Latino Heat, Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero was on the very first Ring of Honor show. And Eddie Guerrero versus super crazy for the first time ever is a luchador dream matchup. A lot of people were familiar with what super crazy could do in ECW. Some of his classics with Tajeri and Little Guido. More people were familiar with what Eddie Guerrero could do with his classics in WCW against Rey Mysterio, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko. And then you had Eddie Guerrero already at this time. He was already in the WWE with the Radicals. This was when he was fired for violating his uh, the drug uh, the drug program that they had, the wellness program. He violated it. They sent him home. He wrestled some indies. He got clean. And one of the last couple indies that he wrestled was here in Ring of Honor for the opening show. And this matchup was 
fucking insane. It lived up to the hype. It lived up to the hype 100%. I enjoyed this so much. Eddie Guerrero and Super Crazy beat the shit out of each other. Insane luchador action and insane technical wrestling that really fit what Ring of Honor was trying to show. Ring of Honor was trying to have high-flying, death-defying wrestling mixed with technical old-school catches-catch-can wrestling, and that's what they had here by putting two of the best with Super Crazy and Eddie Guerrero in the ring to show some of the young guys how it's done. This was a classic. In the end, though, surprisingly, Super Crazy gets the victory. And that's not taking anything away from Super Crazy because I'm a big Super Crazy fan, and I think that he's hella talented, but I did not expect him to beat Latino Heat. This was a really good matchup. Latino Heat lost his IWA Intercontinental Champion to Super Crazy. Really good fucking matchup. But this was not even the main event. And I think that says a lot. I'm going to tell you why. But first, I'm going to go to Dom here. Dom says, this is the match that pops into my head when I think of this episode. So fucking amazing. Hell yeah. Ivan says, this was when Eddie got released from WWE, right? And went to Ring of Honor. Yep. He was released. He was doing independence around the uh, around the world. He was wrestling in Puerto Rico. He was wrestling all over the United States. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, two months from here, two months from here, he returns to the WWE. And he wins the Intercontinental Championship from Rob Van Dam. And he still had one more obligation for Ring of Honor. So not the next show that I'm covering on this show, but next week we'll be talking about a night of appreciation where Eddie Guerrero returns to Ring of Honor to face the Amazing Red with the WWE Intercontinental Championship. It is the only time that a WWE title was defended in Ring of Honor against a Ring of Honor star. And think about it. That was Ring of Honor's third show. Ring of Honor was not what they are today. But the WWE Intercontinental Championship on show three was defended on Ring of Honor. So fucking awesome. We're going to talk about that next week. But this week, we still got to talk about the main event. Like I said, you had a star like Eddie Guerrero. You had a star like Super Crazy. But Ring of Honor really wanted to push the future. They thought that these were two big names. But we got to talk about the future. And the future is the main event. Low-key versus the Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels, versus the American Dragon Brian Danielson. This was a three-way classic. These three guys must have went 45 minutes, 45 minutes of nonstop action. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about the best three-way in wrestling being that Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, and AJ Styles matchup. I encourage people who... Love that matchup to so check this matchup out. Not saying it's better, but definitely on par with it. Low-key, Christopher Daniels and Brian Danielson had a fucking classic. And it's exactly what Ring of Honor needed to build the buzz. Their very first show ever, you had three guys who were virtually unknowns. If you didn't follow the independent circuit, you really didn't know who Low-key was. You really didn't know who Brian Danielson was. They had to introduce, they said... Brian Danielson was a student of William Regal and a student of Shawn Michaels. That's how they said it because no one, you didn't expect to know who this guy was. So they were trying to go off who trained him as a reason why you should care about him. Um, this match was just fucking insane. In the end, though, Loki picks up the victory. He is the inaugural winner of the first main event in Ring of Honor history. 
Ivan says that match is banger after banger after banger. Hell yeah. Shout out to TK. This was a tremendous match too, but I remember tuning in for Eddie versus Super Crazy and really getting into the main event after. And I think that's exactly why they did it. It was such a great move and a smart move by Gabe Sapolsky to put Eddie Guerrero and Super Crazy on this card to bring people in, but you're going to fall in love with everybody else on this card. This was an insane matchup. Now, Ring of Honor, one of the rules of Ring of Honor was the Code of Honor. You must shake your opponent's hand before and after the matchup. And after Loki won this main event, he shook uh, Brian Danielson's hand. But Christopher Daniels, he broke the code of honor, and he said he's not shaking nobody's hand. He said that he knows that Loki can't beat him one on one. He knows Brian Danielson can't beat him one on one. So Loki got on the mic and he made a challenge for the next show, which we're about to cover right now. He made a challenge for a round robin tournament which means next show, everybody in this matchup will face each other one-on-one throughout the night. We will see Christopher Daniels go against Loki. We will see Christopher Daniels go against American Dragon Brian Danielson, and we will see Brian Danielson go against Loki. And the winner of two of those matches will be the round-robin champion and will go forth to get a title shot for the very first Ring of Honor championship. This was a great show, great action, a great way to start off the show. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. I did feel like they did have a lot of guys that needed to be introduced because, you know, you had the two big names in Eddie Guerrero and Super Crazy, but a lot of the other guys were virtual unknowns at this point. Like, no one knew who the Briscoes were. No one knew who Amazing Red was. No one knows who Homicide is at this point. So I enjoyed this. I just feel like the crowd wasn't into it as much as they should have been. And now after this show, I felt like the crowd was going to fall in love with some of these wrestlers. And I was exactly right, because we're about to talk about the second show, Ring of Honor Round Robin Challenge. This show was a fucking banger show. And this second show blew Ring of Honor's first show out the water. So when I saw this, I was like, yeah, I got to talk about both of these shows on the podcast, because show number two was way better than show number one. And show number one was fire. So that says a lot. 
What up, Lennox Coleman? Shout out, homie. I appreciate you being here, man. Still a banger 20 years to this day. Hell yeah, man. But if you thought that was a banger, we got to talk about Ring of Honor's Round Robin Challenge because this show was filled with bangers. First matchup. Opening matchup. We get the match one of the Round Robin tournament. It is Christopher Daniels versus Brian Danielson. This was a hell of a matchup. First match, like I said, these guys put on a show. Uh, great opener, lots of technical wrestling, lots of high-flying wrestling, lots of just ground-and-pound mat-based wrestling by Christopher Daniels and Brian Danielson. In the end, though, Christopher Daniels beats Brian Danielson when he hits him with the Angels' wings. He is now up one match to low-key zero and Brian Danielson zero. So right now, Christopher Daniels is got the momentum going into his second matchup, which we'll see later on tonight, where he goes against low-key. Dom says, even the Briscoes didn't look like the Briscoes back then. They kind of had Tommy Dreamer syndrome. <laughs> not yet. They, they definitely did not look like they look now. Like with the, they had the little red suspenders and all that. Dom, you're going to appreciate this matchup because second matchup on the show, we have ECW former alumni C.W. Anderson, the enforcer. And he teamed up with a random jobber and it was a... It was on purpose. He picked a random jobber named Elix because he said that he doesn't need any, you know, any team member to beat his opponents, who is two guys that he feuded with in ECW, the team of Christian York and Joey Matthews. This was a good matchup. This was very solid. And CW Anderson and Christian York and Joey Matthews taking their feud from ECW to Ring of Honor. I thought that that was really cool because that was a feud that wasn't finished at the end of ECW. So to see it continue here in Ring of Honor is exactly what I'm talking about when I say that Ring of Honor was the child of ECW and some of the ECW feuds that were non-finished at the time. If they weren't at the WWE at this point, they're already we're going to start continuing these feuds in Ring of Honor. Um, really good matchup. Uh, Dom says match was so good that they did a, did on Dynamite 20 years later. Yeah, which I thought was really cool, too, because two of the biggest stars in Ring of Honor in this early days was Christopher Daniels and Brian Danielson. So when Tony Khan did purchase Ring of Honor to have that matchup in AEW, I thought it was a really cool nod to the original Ring of Honor. Dom says, York and Matthews, very underrated in ECW and wrestling in general. I thought that they were a really good team. I really did think they were a good team, and they picked up the victory here by beating... C.W. Anderson and Elix. Um, C.W. Anderson, then he attacks Elix. He, he said he didn't need him in the first place. He was a, a distraction. We got a backstage interview. Christian York and Joey Matthews are already saying that they want to be the inaugural Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. Um, I wouldn't be mad at it because they're a very talented team. Speaking of ECW alumni, next up we have little Guido Maritato, a.k.a. Nunzio, who is also going by his real name on this show which is uh, James Maritato. He was going against Xavier, who is off of a victory last month on Ring of Honor's debut show against Scoot Andrews. This was a really good matchup, very solid. Little Guido was talking about how he's dropping the FBI gimmick, no more comedy. I'm not here to be the, everyone's punching bag. He talks about how his roots was in the UFWI promotion in Japan, where it was shoot-style fighting. He said, I'm a shooter. I'm not going to be playing around with these young guys, and I'm not going to let them think that I'm just some FBI joke. I'm going to stretch and shoot on these students. And 
He did that with Xavier. Him and Xavier put on a really good technical match. But in the end, Xavier picks up the victory. Obviously, Xavier is a guy that they're really pushing for to be a top guy in Ring of Honor. And he has all the tools. The guy has a good look. He's very talented. You know, rest in peace, Xavier. I know he passed away, I believe, in 2020. So rest in peace. He was a guy who I definitely thought was going to be a bigger star in wrestling because he had the look. He had the talent. He was good. He was good on the mic. I mean, it's really cool to see Xavier on these early days mixing up with guys like Little Guido. And I like how we see more established stars on this show than we did on the last show, too. Next matchup, we have a rematch of last show. It is the Natural Born Sinners versus the Boogie Knights. We got this rematch because the last show ended in a DQ. Um, This was a quick squash match. Boogie Knights got destroyed. Homicide hit two cop killers onto uh, Danny Drake. Quick one, two, three victory. Afterwards, they said that they heard um, they heard Christian York and Joy Matthews wants to be the inaugural Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. They, they want that shot as well. If we got Homicide and Boogaloo versus Christian York and Joey Matthews, sign me up because that's going to be fucking fire. And they also said that they're not scared of H.C. Loke, the referee that they carved up last week. If he wants to fucking come with whoever he wants to come with, bring it on because they'll just stab his ass too. Dom says, I seriously thought Guido could have been huge in Ring of Honor. Damn shame about Xavier. Guido definitely was going to be a huge star in Ring of Honor. I know that they really wanted him to go back to his UFWI shooter style, which fits perfectly with what Ring of Honor was doing at the time. But, you know, it was... Literally, I believe the same month, this show that Little Guido debuts on WWE television as Nunzio. So he's not long for this world of Ring of Honor, unfortunately, because he could have been a veteran that could have helped a lot of these young guys in the early days. Courtney, what's up? I appreciate you being here, sis. Thank you so much. Next matchup on the show, we have match two. Oh, that's not right. Here we go. Match two of the round robin challenge. Christopher Daniels, who already has a victory over Brian Danielson on this show. He goes against low key. This matchup was another banger. Fucking Christopher Daniels goes almost an hour on the show because his first matchup was 25 minutes. This matchup went a clean 30 minutes. This was a really good matchup. Amazing shit. Great chemistry between Christopher Daniels and low key. I love how eventually in TNA they start to team up as Triple X, but here they're bitter rivals. Um, Loki submits Christopher Daniels in this matchup for the victory when he got him into the Dragon Sleeper. After the matchup, Christopher Daniels still refuses to shake the hand of Loki, and he says that he wants to wrestle Loki again, but he's not going to be wrestling again in Ring of Honor until Ring of Honor puts him in a world title matchup. He said, I already beat Brian Danielson. I deserve to be in a world title matchup. Screw this stupid round robin challenge. I want to be champion. You won't see me in this promotion again until I get a title shot. Then you got Christopher Daniels. He goes backstage and then a lot of the wrestlers are fed up with his attitude. The code of honor is something that you have to adhere to. And he's not adhering to the code of honor. So a lot of the people backstage, they're like, what the fuck? If you don't want to be here, get out of here. You can leave if you don't want to be here. So already Christopher Daniels has some backstage heat in ring of honor. Hey, Courtney, hey, Dom. Courtney says, all hail Christopher Daniels, the fallen angel, most definitely. What, Loki is still wrestling? This was this was in 2002. This is a classic review. So, And Loki is still wrestling. He's actually going against uh, Kenta for House of Glory tomorrow night in New York City. So 
low-key is the man, and he's still wrestling and putting it on good matches, and him and Kenta, I have no doubt, are going to tear the roof down on House of Glory tomorrow night. Next matchup is a matchup that did not last long. It's two students of Terry Funk. It is Paul London making his Ring of Honor debut here. He goes against a wrestler by the name of Chris Marvel. 20 seconds into this matchup, Chris Marvel's knocked to the outside, and you have Paul London hit an acai moonsault onto Chris Marvel, and Marvel landed so wrong on his leg, it fully twisted and turned. This shit looked like Psycho Sid when he broke his leg. Nasty, nasty injury. They had to... They had to stop the match early, unfortunately. But cool to see Paul London, but very unfortunate for the match to be cut that short because of Chris Marvel's injury. We got three more matches on the show. We have Spanky versus Jay Briscoe. Next match up here, Jay Briscoe, who is coming off of a loss to Amazing Red on the first show. Spanky, who won a big four-way on the first show. This is a good matchup. Um, Jay Briscoe kicks Spanky so hard in the fucking face that it splits his forehead open. Spanky's bleeding buckets in this matchup. Jay Briscoe hits him with two J-drillers, but it's not enough. In the end, Spanky hits the sliced bread number two to pick up the victory. Spanky then gets on the mic, and he says that he deserves a world championship matchup. He doesn't know why he's not involved in this whole round-robin tournament between low-key Brian Danielson and Christopher Daniels, because if anything, I think that he... He, well, this is what he said. I think that I'm more impressive than all three of those guys. So really interesting to see where it goes with Spanky here because, I mean, two big victories. He does deserve a world title shot. Dom says, that shit made Rich Holland's injury in NXT look like a skinned knee. Poor Chris. It, it was bad. Like, it looked like his foot fully turned around. Like, it was fucking nasty, bro. Nasty. Anyway, next up, we have a... Triple threat tag team matchup. It is Quiet Storm, which is the team of uh, Quiet. This is the team of uh, Divine Storm and uh, Divine Chris Divine and Quiet Storm. It was Divine Storm. I made Quiet Storm as a wrestler. It's Quiet Storm and Chris Divine. Divine Storm. My bad there. That was a little typo. But they go against the team of SAT, Jose and Joel Maximo and Brian XL and Amazing Red, a.k.a. like I said, my trainers. House of Glory uh, head trainers. Really cool matchup here. In the end, the SAT pick up the victory because Brian XL and Amazing Red can't get on the same page. And then SAT then jumped Amazing Red. So we have all these guys. It looks like this is going to continue this feud, but all these guys are students of Mikey Whipwreck. And Mikey Whipwreck is trying to get all these guys to get along. But none of these guys can get along. They all fucking hate each other. So it's very interesting to see where we're going to go with this. Last matchup, final match of the night, final match that we're going to be talking about here on the Wrestling DeLorean. The main event, it is the final round-robin tournament matchup between Low-Key and Brian Danielson. And in this matchup, we have a very special guest referee, none other than the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. This is really cool. Um, these guys put on a 45-minute fucking classic. I feel like I've been saying that for almost every fucking matchup, but Ring of Honor knew to get off the fucking ground floor, they had to put on some of the best matches you're going to see in the United States to make it known that they are here. They got to build that buzz, and that's exactly what they did. This matchup between Ken Shamrock and Brian Danielson was insane. In the end, though, after 45 minutes, Brian Danielson... Taps out Loki with the cattle of mutilation. 
which means that this tournament was for nothing because we're right back in the same spot that we were a month ago because Brian Danielson picked up the victory. That means he has one win of the night. Low-key has one win of the night when he beat Christopher Daniels, and Christopher Daniels has one win of the night when he beat uh, Brian Danielson. So it is announced at Night of Appreciation, the next show, also the show where Eddie Guerrero comes and defends his WWE Intercontinental Champion on Ring of Honor television, it's going to be Brian Danielson versus Loki versus Christopher Daniels versus Spanky, who got what he asked for in a four-way to crown the very first Ring of Honor champion. I cannot wait for that. And I will be talking about that show next Friday here on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. I really enjoyed these two shows. And I know that if this is just the start of it, it's going to be a fun, fun journey going back in time and covering all things Ring of Honor. I appreciate everybody who's in the chat. Uh, Dom, Ivan, Tim, Courtney, Lennox. I appreciate you all. Thank you so much for being here. Um, we are going to be back here on Monday with a, another review of Monday Night Raw of the Attitude Error. So make sure you tune in on Monday. I hope everyone has a great weekend. Stay safe, stay strong, stay positive. I love you guys. I'm so glad to be back. Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, it's my fucking life. So it was hard to not do this show. I'm so glad to be back. Thank you all for being here. I will catch you guys on Monday, and I hope everyone has a great weekend. Love you all. Take care, y'all. Expressing your love can look many different ways. And with the right jewelry gift from Blue Nile, it can truly sparkle. Blue Nile's collection of classic diamond jewelry makes for the kind of gift that speaks volumes without saying a single word. Or switch things up with a sapphire piece sure to spark conversation. Either way, Blue Nile's diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Express yourself with Blue Nile, the original online jeweler, at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.